Okay, I can hear all of you, but we're I can't see you. Just now. We're going to make starts. So okay. it's our 22nd time meeting together like this now. Uh, a few notices that was always good to do. These aren't just notices, otherwise that would take quite a while. There's a few other things to do, not just that as well. Joe Manifold, he's going back to New Zealand tomorrow. So it'll be really good to remember him in prayer for the next few days. Nick's just been saying about his journey of an intense journey. And so we know that uh, we've got to pray for Joe. He's got an intense journey for the next couple of days. Oh, so, oh, if may I say something about Joe, the latest is different. Oh, good one. He has communicated within the King's Lodge that yeah. he had to cancel the flight again because he was going by the US and there is no transit to the US at the moment. So he says, I have to be refunded the money for the ticket I bought to rebook another flight. It could be a few days, but it could be three months. So please pray up to three oh, months. Yeah. So please pray for him, he said. That's for Eleanor, sure. go for it. Okay, all right. Now? Now, yeah. Okay, okay. Lord, we lift up Joe to you, Lord Jesus. And uh, it, it must be so disconcerting for him, this situation, Lord. And I don't know how many times his flight was cancelled already. Or he had to cancel it. So, Lord, we lift him up to you together as the church. And, and, and we pray, Father God, that you would um, enable his refund to come through quickly, Lord Jesus, so that he can book another flight with Air New Zealand, as he said, and hopefully without having to go by the state. I don't know how that works, but um, Lord, I pray that you would give him patience and uh, enabling Lord to keep trusting in you and, and not, not give up and, and press into you, Lord Jesus, for this peace of mind. And, and uh, Lord, I pray that you would open a door so that he eventually can fly back home sooner rather than later, Lord God, we pray. We lift him up to you, this dear brother, and we pray for your blessings upon him every day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Elena. Yeah, so let's keep praying for him and uh, make contact with him as well, of course, if you've got his email or text. That would be really good to try and encourage him because that's, that's just horrible for him, isn't it, really? Uh, for the quick things that don't matter as much in comparison, really. The latest onward. Oh, yeah. That uh, if you have a physical copy, I delivered those on Friday. Otherwise, you'll see it on uh, Tuesday in the email. Uh, there's a prayer meeting this Wednesday at 8 o'clock in the building. So come along if you want to. Uh, you'll need to wear a face mask or a shield of some sort uh, and sign in. So don't leave it till 8 o'clock. Be here a minute or two before and that'll be really good to see you there. Fortnightly Sunday services in the building are going to start from the 6th of September. So again, if you want to be there and joining us, probably by next week I'll have some more information about that. And we're going to have breakout rooms at the very end so you can have a chat and a pray with other people, just like we've been chatting and praying for people already. Jill's going to lead us. Hello and good morning. Um, let's pray together. God, thank you for this time that we can spend together. Thank you that we are still able to meet together. Thank you that we are still your family. Thank you that you are with us in everything that's happening. God, and there seems to be lots happening still all the time. God, we look to you. We trust in you. We ask you to keep leading us and guiding us. Will you keep speaking to us, please, Lord? 
Help us to hear your voice this morning and to open ourselves to receive all that you have for us. Amen. Amen. Uh, I had one of those moments this week where, you know, um, a verse in the Bible just sort of shouts out and screams out at you. Uh, and it's a verse I've read many, many, many times. Um, and it was uh, from Ecclesiastes, um, you know, very, very famous um, verses. Um, there is a time for everything. That's uh, Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1a. We know this, heard it many times. Um, verses, verse 5b, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness, look, God knew all about lockdown in 2020 when, <laughs> when he had Solomon write Ecclesiastes. All these people who are, uh, have been missing hugs. Here it is. Yeah, we can have hugs in, our, in, in your individual household. But, you know, I was like, oh my goodness. Anyway, I thought I'd share that with you. Um, God knows is, is, the, <laughs> is, is the point of that. Um, and has always known and does always know everything. Um, and I had another um, picture this week. Uh, I've been getting quite a few pictures recently. This is great. Uh, I'm going to show you a photo that I took yesterday. If uh, Hold on just a second. There we go. Now, you can all see that is blackberries. And I don't know if you've noticed, if you've been out and about recently, um, there are loads of blackberries around at the moment, um, and there have been for a few weeks. I've been picking them like mad on the, on the little walk that I do just before before work, uh, and I made some lovely blackberry mousse last weekend, and I'm going to have some lovely blackberry and chocolate um, brownies later, and there's going to be some lovely blackberry jam, I think, next weekend. It's, uh, the freezer's doing quite, quite well on blackberries. Anyway, this when I've been seeing these blackberry bushes, they are literally chock full of fruit and it just spoke to me God just sort of said you know that's the kind of fruit that I want you to be producing not just one or two berries on a bush but you know a, a plethora a, a multitude um, it was also a picture of God's generosity of God's you know um, overabundance um, in things. So I'll, I'll just share that with you as well and, and maybe bear that in mind while we're having our service this morning. God's overabundance and generosity and his wish that we are that overabundant and generous in the way that we live and the fruit that we show to other people as well. Let's start by uh, singing our first song then. It's a hymn. Um, the King of Love, My Shepherd Is. Let's join in. Never, I know thee, thy 
Hello everybody. The reading this morning is from James chapter 4. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning, and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister, or judges them, speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. 
There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbour? Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone, then, knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. I'm going to mention three words and you're probably going to have an opinion about what you think they mean. That might be because you've used these three words a lot in the past maybe. It might be that you've got a positive thoughts about these three words or you might have a negative thought about these three words. I'm just going to move this camera. I can see my music stand just there. So I'm just going to, there we go. That's going to be better. So these three words, I'm looking at your faces. All right, because I'm looking your way now. Here they are. Health and safety. Wow. What's health and safety about? Is it bureaucracy gone mad? Is it just lots of red tape? You know, this week when I looked up health and safety on a government site, there was pages and pages and pages. If I wanted, if I was a bit uh, sort of unable to sleep, I think reading the government sites on health and safety would have helped me sort of have a little nap in the afternoon if I'd needed it. There's loads and loads and loads about it. Is it pointless? Well, Loads of people have spent a lot of time putting all that stuff in place. So let me give you one example about it. About five months ago, our neighbour next door, he's got a large oak tree at the bottom of his garden. And he employed some tree surgeons to come along. So they were wearing big clothes. This is about March time or so. So they're wearing big clothes, boots, visors, helmets, uh, big gloves and everything. And when the chap went up into the tree, it was about 45 foot tall or something, but he was tethered to the tree with a big rope and everything was done logically and safely. And uh, yes, he had his chainsaw, one of these petrol ones, and it was all very good because, you know, I'm, I'm an inquisitive person. So I like to watch what's going on in people's gardens. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, have that picture in mind. Thursday, something happened. Yes, Jeff says he's a union health and safety person. And I know other people are health and safety people as well. So you're well up on this. But coming back to my story, this chap five months ago, all the stuff, obviously been trained and had certificates coming out of his ears. On Thursday, the neighbour next to him, remember it was a hot day, he decided to get into a, into a tree by himself. He was wearing trainers, 
and a t-shirt and shorts. Remember, it was a hot day, so surely that was okay. He had one of these chainsaws that had an extension lead on it. So he <laughs> and he was reaching up because he couldn't quite, he was nowhere near the top. He only had a bit of a short ladder. So he clambered up the rest of the tree a bit. He couldn't get very far because it weren't a big tree at all. But with this chainsaw, I've got to sort of do this kneeling, otherwise you won't see me. So with one arm, he was round the trunk. And with his other hand, it was sort of this, the chainsaw is in this hand. It was going up above his head, trying to cut the uh, branches down and everything. And I thought, what's he doing? This is so dangerous. I was watching the chap five months ago and he was really safe and I enjoyed watching him uh, doing all sorts of things. And this bloke on Thursday, he was even putting branches down when there was something, someone rather, underneath him. And he'd say, oh, sorry, mate, you're all right. <laughs> I thought, whoa, this is so strange. <coughs> Obviously, he didn't know anything about health and safety. As Christians, do we know about health and safety? The Bible talks about it a lot. And Alma, when she read that out for us, she said some health and safety protocols. Did you get it? It was in James chapter 4, verse 7. And most of the English versions use the word submit. But others say, give yourself completely to God. Be humble before God. Surrender to God. The Greek word, hupotasso, it's two parts to that Greek word, just like some English words are shorter English words put together, aren't they? So, hupo, under, tasso, to arrange. So it's to arrange yourself or to place yourself under someone else's command, under God's command. We know he's, we are being subject to him. We're putting ourselves, we're being subordinate to someone else. Sinning becomes less of a priority when we put ourselves under God's command. A.W. Tozer, he said this, he was an American pastor and author, of course. The only safe place for a sheep is by the side of his shepherd, because the devil does not fear the sheep. He just fears the shepherd. That is all. So my question to myself when I read that is, how close to Jesus the shepherd am I? And you might want to ask that question yourself as well. If the devil isn't fearful of the sheep and only fearful of the shepherd, how close to Jesus the shepherd are you at the moment? Have you got a healthy and growing relationship with him? James didn't mince his words when he called his readers in verse 4 an adulterous people. They were being seriously unfaithful. Sometimes the glamour of sin entices us, doesn't it, to give in to that. But is God enticing you? Are you finding the glamour of God really exciting? I know sometimes we sing uh, songs about, oh Lord, uh, you are my Lord. I'm going to give everything to you, mould me, make me. I'm going to be singing a song like that in a few minutes. But do we just sing songs like that because we like them? We like the tune and it, the words are a bit hard, really. Jesus is very much into health and safety. 
He wants us to submit to him because that's for our safety. That's for our welfare to wear his easy and life-changing yoke. Remember in Matthew, he said, and he still says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to make a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Would you try and cut a tree down? Maybe go up 20 foot just wearing a t-shirt, shorts and trainers and just go like this with the chainsaw above you? We wouldn't, would we? So how come we do common sense things in practical ways, but when we try and listen to common sense things in spiritual ways, like submitting to God regularly, totally, we don't. We find that much harder. You don't know, but I'm about to tell you, this first reflection I've entitled, You Don't Need Remission From Submission. And we're going to consider that statement in a few more minutes. But submission to God is what we need to do forever. It's the best way to live. And as a follower of Jesus, it's the only way to live. Great. Wow. Spiritual health and safety. Okay. I, I like that picture. I cannot believe the neighbour did that. I saw the tree shrunk had been done, but... I took some photos, so I'll okay. show you later. Oh, I'm, I'm hoping he's still safe. Have you seen him since then? Uh, yeah. Good. <laughs> wow. Anyway, uh, an excellent picture of uh, spiritually, you know, what to do. Wow. Um, yeah, we're going to sing that uh, that song, Beautiful Lord, um, Make Me, Mould Me, whatever, what is it? Anyway, something like that. Yeah. Um, you get the words on the screen. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's uh, remember our spiritual um, health and safety while we sing these next um, uh, couple of songs. Thank you.
We know if someone is ill, and if they've got remission, that's an excellent thing. If they're seriously ill, and you hear the doctor say, oh, you're in remission, that's brilliant, that's good news. You ring all your friends and say, oh, that's an answer to prayer. Remember how we said earlier, you don't need remission from submission. Many of us know about loads of different people in the Bible who have submitted to God. I've got six. I was just counting them. I was counting them in English this time, so it takes me a bit longer to do that. Here's Mary. Mary, do you remember, near the beginning of the story of Mary, she was visited by the angel Gabriel. All kinds of stuff was forecast, was predicted for Mary's life. She was only a young girl, remember? But in Luke 1, 38, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. She submitted to God. How about Abraham in Genesis 22? Him and his wife Sarah had longed for years for a child. And eventually, instead of having a barren womb, Sarah had a, a womb that had a child in it and Isaac was born. And he was growing up and all was well. But you know the story in Genesis 22, how the Lord said to Abraham, what about you and your relationship with me? Do you really love me? Would you give everything to me? Would you even give your son Isaac to me? I gave him to you in the first place. How difficult must that have been? And if we we're talking about that for 30 minutes, we could think about the journey and all the different parts of the, the story, what happened. Abraham said in verse 8 of Genesis 22, God himself will provide the lamb. He submitted to God without any easy answers, but he submitted to God. How about Noah going back a little bit before Abraham? Genesis 6 verse 9. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. How about chapter 6 verse 22? Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And 7 verse 5 says exactly the same thing. It might have taken, we don't know really, but maybe 50 or 60 years to build the ark. All of that time he was submitting to God when possibly all his neighbours were saying, what are you doing Noah? What's going on there? Do you remember King David bringing the ark back to Jerusalem? Hooray, the ark's coming back, God is great. And yet his wife wasn't very happy about that. And maybe some of the people, his subjects, weren't happy about it either. And yet he was submitted to God in his worship rather than bothering about what people were thinking about him. How about the story of Nehemiah? The broken wall down walls of Jerusalem. What a tragedy that was and how he felt that was so bad. As he started doing the work with a team, so there was a lot of opposition. But he knew God had called him to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So he submitted to God 
The opposition wasn't easy, but he carried on doing what God had said. How about one more example? King Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles verse 20, chapter 20. There were some large armies coming against him, several nations coming at once. Things weren't looking good for the country of Judah. But what did he have to say? He didn't say, make sure you've got all your swords sorted out, make sure you've got this, or all the armories sorted out. He probably did, but this is the most important thing. He prayed to God. And remember that verse 12? He says, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you, God. In this time of upheaval and time of, oh, I don't know what's going on. Jehoshaphat, the king, he set the example and said, I'm submitting to God. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. I don't care what other people have to say. Let them follow my good example, because I know this is the way to go, to follow God and submit to him totally. We all have crossroads in our lives, don't we? Perhaps studying, marriage, having a new job, an illness maybe. And when you're at those uh, crossroads, sometimes you see they're coming, they're several years away. So for people like David, Dassel, Michaela, Jonathan, Jack and Reuben, they've all had these crossroads in front of them. And they've seen there's a big thing coming up. How brilliant it's been that we can participate with them by praying for them, encouraging them at their crossroads, not just to think, oh, what do I want to do? What's most important for me? But to pray, Lord, what's your plan for my life? What do you have me to do? And of course, it's been the same for Sujin and David and for Grace and Ian. We've been able to pray for them over the last few months that the Lord would help them to submit their plans to God. But we know sometimes these crossroads are uh, a long way away and they gradually come up. But suddenly, sometimes a crossroads comes up all of a sudden, like for Kathy, a crossroads came up with her health. And the same for uh, other people that we know and love, like Yvonne over the previous few years has had a, a crossroads of health to consider, do I follow God's way? Do I submit to God? John Reeves as well. And as I know some of you, I can see, you've got really big, niggly things with your body that are really painful and really do things to your life that you don't want it to happen. And it's a crossroads and we can say, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to praise you somehow in this situation. And we all get crossroads in our lives, don't we? Sometimes they're big, like we've mentioned about studying and marrying and health. And sometimes they're just small. Like, Lord, help me to speak to someone down the town about you. Or in my life at work, Lord, help me to be a witness to you. Because the big thing is, I found in my own life, if you're submitted to God, it's not a big crossroads or a small crossroads that defines whether you submit it to God or not. If you've got a life of submission to God, you submit everything to God, don't you? It's not, oh, shall I not bother talking to God about a car park? Or shall I not bother talking to God about this or that? It's just what you do, because that's your lifestyle. It's not something you switch on and switch off. 
perhaps at the start of this year, some of you, perhaps all of us prayed, God, I don't know what this year will bring, but my heart is set towards you. And I want to be a blessing to others and to you. Lead me in your everlasting ways. And we know what's happened this year. It's been a like, like no other in modern history, has it really? We can still submit our lives to God, even though the plans maybe we had for this year have had to be postponed. We can say, Lord, I submit my life to you, even in this dark valley, even at this dark time, Lord, for some of us more than others. I submit to you because my help and my comfort are with you. Now, sometimes I read the words or the letters rather, DV. And if you're a medical uh, person, DV means something quite sort of uh, uh, easy to you, doesn't it? But if you're uh, a Christian, there are diarrhea and vomiting, I was thinking of. Uh, if you're sort of uh, a Christian, what you do with DV is something completely different. Because you, I, I can see you're all Latin people, Latin scholars. So, of course, DV, Deo Valente. God willing. And sometimes I read Christian letters and they'll sort of say this, that and the other and then put DV after a date. And that's all very nice and, and good. It's what they want to do. But the secret of living in submission isn't perhaps writing their letters DV after a date. What it is, is living in your life. So that when you decide on things and dates and things just like James says we're not boasting oh tomorrow I'm going to do this tomorrow I'm going to do the other but what we are going to do is submit to God every day every hour every minute because that's the health and safety that Jesus wants us to do to wear his easy and life-giving yoke a little earlier Jill was telling us about blackberries and she was saying that she had this abundance of fruit that she could see and that she saw still an abundance of fruit after her because she didn't take it all. There was some left for other people. There was an abundance. So she took a load, but there was an abundance left as well. If we want our gardens to be colourful and maybe we've got an allotment and fruit trees and all of this sort of stuff, it doesn't come by chance it doesn't come easily we've got to prepare the soil we've got to tend the soil we've got to get rid of the weeds haven't we that's exactly the same in our own lives in my life i know if i'm not tending the soil and and getting rid of the weeds by reading the bible by meeting with people like you and praying and listening then the weeds are going to grow and that's going to mean difficulty it's going to mean it's harder to, to submit to god Recently, I've been pondering about the four sermon series, the talks we should be having next year, because we always have one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament, and a systematic theology or a practical theology. And I was thinking about a few ideas, and one of them I was thinking was about this book. And maybe some of you have read it years ago. I read this book about 20 years ago. Uh, it's all about the spiritual disciplines. And I find it really helpful 20 years ago. And one of the spiritual disciplines is submission. So it might be if we do this, maybe one of the quarters next year, it might be we say to ourselves, oh yeah, I remember John talking about submission a few months ago, but we'll talk about it a lot more and hopefully be putting it into practice 
as well. For the last few weeks, we've heard Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, say this to us, your life as a Christian should make non-believers question their disbelief in God. Submission isn't for weak people. Submission is when we're strong because we know that God is stronger. It's recognizing his authority in our lives. John the Baptist had a great attitude towards Jesus, didn't he? He said in John 3.30, he, meaning Jesus, must become greater and greater. I must become less and less. I know we've all submitted to God in the past. And that's brilliant. But we need to submit to God today and tomorrow and the next day. It's a regular thing, submitting to God, not just in words, but by our actions, by our attitudes as well. So that when people look at us as an example of a Christian, because people do look at others as examples, don't they? Then they see someone who's totally fallen in love with God, totally following God and wants to follow him at any cost. We don't need remission from submission. And as a follower of Jesus, being actively and regularly submissive to him is the only way to live. So I'm going to pray and then Jill's going to lead us on a little bit more. So thank you, Lord, that you call us to be submissive to you and to love each other too. Lord, in our lives, in practical ways, help us to be submissive to you, not just in a big crossroads of life, but on the every day. Help us to put you first, to seek you first, Lord, and your glory and your kingdom in all our lives. We pray that. And Lord, we ask it in your name because we want to honour you and bless you. Amen. Amen. Wow. I think I'd sometimes like a remission from the submission, but no, thank you. That is right and good. Let's uh, continue uh, with some singing worship, um, all kinds of worship, but singing worship we like. Um, it's the new song that John introduced to us last week uh, called You Give Life, You Are Love, Great Are You Lord. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. That's basically all the first of it. Um, join in. Uh, hopefully you learned it a bit last week. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's try that again. Bye. 
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Uh, regarding America, the Reverend Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son, has said, America is in trouble, it's in distress, but we do have hope, and that hope is Almighty God. We need to pray more than we've ever done in our life. Our communities are hurting, our people are divided, and there's fear and uncertainty all around us. Dear Lord, in the UK, our country, we feel very similarly to the Reverend Franklin Graham. Lord, we read in Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose screams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Thank you for encouraging us, Lord. Please continue to feed our spirits. We pray for our church, NCF. Lord, lift your countenance upon it. May we pray to you even when we don't feel like it or when we are feeling fed up, surrounded by bad news all around. Let us remember the words of Psalm 46 and other scriptures and be encouraged. Please continue to heal those of us who are sick, both mentally and physically. Strengthen us all, we pray, that we may serve you and walk in obedience to your ways. Continue to guide us and may we be part of your plan rather than our own. Please be with our leaders, Lord and continue to speak to them and through them to us, your flock. Dear Lord, we lift up our community in Nuneaton. Protect us all from further COVID-19 infections. Encourage us all to be sensible in how we meet together and socialize. Please give us all patience to endure this time. We do ask for a vaccine to be provided for us all so that life can be restored to as normal as possible once again. Please give the authorities in Nuneaton and further afield in the UK to take the necessary God-inspired leadership that we so clearly need. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. And we remember in Romans 15:13 it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, let's finish by saying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. We're going to finish our time by singing Come People of the Risen King and then I'm going to hand over to John who will sort us out into um, breakout rooms so that we can have chat and see how people are doing and so on and so forth. Right. That's the one.
Thank you, Lord. It doesn't matter if we have full or empty hands. Today, we're thirsty and we hear your invitation to come to you. We're coming. Our hearts are open. Our minds and hearts and souls are submissive to you. Lord, leaders, help us to live brightly, energetically for you, Lord. Let all people know that you're alive through what we do and say and think. Thank you for being with us today, Lord. Thank you that you are the beginning and the end, and we love you. Thank you for drawing us to you, and thank you for drawing us to each other, a family of God who we love. Thank you, Lord, for everything today. Amen. Amen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.